Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Buckeye fans, and welcome to another episode of the Bucknuts Happy Hour. I'm Patrick Murphy from Bucknuts at 247 Sports. We are here in the midst of a big week heading into Ohio State, taking on Notre Dame, top 10 matchup on the road for the Buckeyes on Saturday night on NBC. We're going to dive all into that. We're going to talk about the Buckeye side of it. We're going to bring in Tim O'Malley from our Notre Dame side at 247 Sports here in a little bit and talk with him about the Notre Dame side of things. So we'll cover all of your bases on this big game. Uh, But first, we want to pay some bills. Uh, Have you heard about AG1? AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that delivers comprehensive nutrients to support whole body health. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. It replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit creating a... Drinkable habit, creating a manageable daily habit. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. AG1 is raising the standard for quality in the supplement category. Big fan, something I do before, uh, you know, days I'm going to work out, days I'm going to jog, things like that. Would recommend very much AG1. Uh, not only do they they support the show, but also I, I can personally tell you, Good stuff from that group. Um, AG1, if if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, then try AG1 and get free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com backslash bucknuts. That's bucknuts, one word. That's drinkag1.com backslash bucknuts. Go ahead and check it out. Again, would recommend for everyone out there. All right, well, let's get into it. We don't want to waste too much time. We want to talk about this big game. So we're kicking it off, doing things a little reverse. Usually we have our, our guest from, from the other site on first. Today we're starting with Timmy Hall from 97.1 The Fan. We're starting talking Buckeyes. Tim, how are we doing over there? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Patrick. And I'm, I'm just happy to hear you do a little live read, baby. Yeah, That's I'm fantastic. still working on it. Yeah, well, I know you're at the fan. You're over at the station. So I'm going to drink this garage beer here for both of us. And oh. uh, hopefully it seeps in through the screen, through the through the microphones here. Get it you does. feeling a little frisky before tonight. It does. That's the thing about garage beer. Garage beer uh, sponsors the Beers and Buckeyes segments uh, yeah. segment on the Buckeye show on Thursday nights now. It used to be on Friday nights, but Friday's a little shorty because we got high school football action. So we could bounce it back to Friday when high school football is done. But for now, it's a Thursday segment with our buddy Patrick at 633. I was actually hanging out in my garage this afternoon. It's a great idea for a beer because, especially here in Ohio, a lot of people like to throw their their TVs and wall mount them in the garage. I'm still planning on doing that once I got the new floor last year and then painted it red. So it's a great-looking Buckeye room with red walls and like a nice, beautiful, gray-colored floor. And I got like my Aaron Kraft photo, my 2014 national championship printout from the dispatches up nice. there, framed and matted. So I got like a whole wall, the back wall 
is all this Buckeye stuff. It really pops, and it's so good to just sip on some beers when you're enjoying your time in your lovely garage. So it's it's perfect. It's great. And what a week, man. This is this is the week that we've been waiting for as Buckeye fans all year long. It was a different kind of start to the season. It wasn't it wasn't the most action-packed start to a season that we've ever seen. I mean, so different. And I know that's one of the things you've probably been thinking about this week is how different this matchup with Notre Dame feels because we had all offseason to go into it. It was a home game, but it was always the it was also the first game and you had the Marcus Freeman factor. James Laurinaitis was over there, so they had an extra, you know, superstar Buckeye on their side. And now Notre Dame's got four games under its belt, undefeated. Buckeyes have three games under its belt, undefeated. So it's kind of what you want for this matchup to be totally juiced up. But I'll tell you what, I'm still nervous. I mean, I, I feel much, much better with that performance that they put out against Western Kentucky. But I'm nervous. This is this is a better Notre Dame football team. It just it flat out is. It's second year with Marcus Freeman. They are a much better football team. A lot of guys back. They've got some dudes on defense. Uh, I, I love their running back, Audric Estime. He runs hard. He's physical. He's tough. He's fast. And, I mean, without a doubt, this is one of the more experienced quarterbacks Ohio State has ever faced. I mean, you can't find a more experienced quarterback than Sam Hartman, who's got his reps, his years under his belt, the snaps, just the games he's played, his attempts, his passing yards going to be 10th all-time in college football history at some point in this game. Touchdown passes. I mean, this guy can sling it. I mean, just it wasn't the biggest game ever, but put on his film against Central Michigan. Throws a pretty deep ball, hits guys on the money. And, you know, I know we might have questioned their weapons, but he seems to be spreading it around to a lot of different guys. So this is going to be quite a challenge and a fun football game, Pat. Well, let's start right there. Uh with, with what the Buckeyes need to do with Sam Hartman. You mentioned about as experienced as you could get. I think the only guy they've faced recently that has that same kind of resume would have been uh, Stetson Bennett last year, right? With, with Notre Dame or with uh, Georgia, excuse me. Obviously he had a national championship, was a Heisman Trophy finalist, won another national championship after that. In your eyes, Tim, what do the Buckeyes need to do to handle what, what Sam Hartman has. And, and it, obviously it's not just Sam Hartman. You mentioned the running game. It's a massive offensive line. What's maybe your, your number one, number two keys to, to keeping Sam Hartman and that passing game in check? Well, I think, I mean, it all starts up front when you talk about doing whatever you can, taking step one to try and neutralize a prolific passing attack. And right there, if we stop right there, Patrick, that's going to be another big challenge for these Ohio State defensive ends. Now, I, I said this on the show yesterday. The number one guy on Ohio State's defensive line so far has been Tyleek Williams. It's been big number 91. It's yeah. been one of their tackles, not one of their defensive ends. And you, know, you don't have to look at that as a bad thing. I still I didn't see an outburst from Tui Molo or Jack Sawyer against Western Kentucky. They didn't get the sacks. They didn't get the TFLs. I think there was a, a half TFL in there from – Tui Molowau maybe, but they 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 hurried the quarterback a little bit, and they were really getting the ball out fast, and that's a thing. But the thing here is that you've got you know Joe Alt as one of the big left tackles, and I'm blanking on the right tackle's name for Notre Dame right now, Pat. So sorry, but he's also a very good player who started 13 games last year for him. It's it's Blake something, their right tackle. Blake and these Fisher. are six. Yeah, thank you. These are six foot six, 310, 325 pound guys. These are Notre Dame offensive linemen. So if Tui Molowau and Jack Sawyer have been struggling a little bit to get those pressures, to get to the quarterback, then it's only going to be a tougher task against this kind of offensive line who's been playing together. They got some all American caliber type guys back there, too. So that's where it starts. And I mean, then we can go back to that secondary, you know, where where Jim Knowles trusts five DBs to be out there. And you think about, you know, what a big game this will be for Denzel Burke, right? For him to go out there and continue to prove what looks to be a much better 2023. He just he looks a little bit more pure with his technique from everything that we've seen, especially in that game on Saturday, especially with these shorter routes, too. They seem to be sitting on them well. And they seem to be reading the quarterback. And as soon as that ball is out, they break on it. And they're able to, you know, not interfere with the receiver and then swipe down and get the, the PD or the PBU. 
it's looked really good, but that's that's the two big things. It's it starts up front, and then after that, how much do we trust this secondary? If Sam's going to get the time and going to get the the ability to scan the field a little bit, how accurate is he going to be on Saturday night? And can these Ohio State DBs stay right with these Notre Dame weapons? To me, you're exactly right. It starts up front, and I thought it was interesting what Jim Knowles said this week that he thinks that Jack Sawyer and JT Tumalau are, and I quote doing their job. Um, now, I guess I'm not in the meeting rooms, so I don't know what the job description is of an Ohio State defensive end. I would think you'd want more production you know, on the stat sheet because you haven't played teams that – I mean, I know they ran the ball a lot, but as we talked about last week, Tim, there's not a lot of tackles for a loss there, even if they don't – you know, you don't want to talk about sacks. Now, I will agree with Jim Knowles in this. Last week, especially, I liked the pressure that that entire defensive line was getting. Um, led to the interception for Steel Chambers. Led to a fourth down um, stop that uh, Josh Proctor ended up knocking down. Mm-hmm. So I do think that they are making quarterbacks uncomfortable. I just I wonder what they have, what they will have against. You mentioned those two tackles for Notre Dame. The whole offensive line is pretty big, pretty experienced. Yeah. How do you get pressure? How do you create issues that way when you haven't been, you know, just dominating some of these teams? Uh, I think we talked about it last week. Maybe it was after you got off the, the off the show. I just have to think there's more from these guys. Like there's, you know, for I agree. A game like for a game like this, you know, you're going to see these guys bring out all the tools, right? It's not just, you know, I can, I can use my speed. I can use my strength to get past guys. I, I just have to imagine that these two former five-star defensive ends have more in that toolbox. That's got to come out in a game like this, at, at least at some point to get some of that pressure, because you don't want Sam Hartman back there four or five seconds able to, to pick out a receiver. No. Uh, and, and look, like, let's face it. There's, there's different ways to, to win a football game, right? We understand sure. that if, if Tui Molo-Au and Jack Sawyer don't wind up being big strengths of this defense, and maybe it is going to be the interior of the defensive line that we yep. wind up talking about a lot when this year is done. I kind of think that's the way it's going to go. If this defensive line is going to be as close to as dominant as we thought it would be, I think most of that production is going to come from, you know, happy and healthy Tyleek Williams and Mike Hall juniors. And this is, this is also that type of game when you've got outside tackles that are so good, what, helps it's when you can blow up the middle of that line of scrimmage when you can harass the center and the two guards and cave in that pocket from within and force Sam Hartman to run outside that's when because the way that I've seen it 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 feels to me like Tui Moloau and Jack Sawyer have been taking these wide angle roads to try to beat their tackle on the outside and then do like their kind of duck under move to make uh, a, a go at him and a lot of times the QB's just been able to step up in the pocket a little bit or he's been able to sidestep that and then get rid of the football because they're just a little bit too outside or too far back behind the quarterback. And so if we really get another great couple of games from Mike Hall Jr. and Tyleek Williams and those guys are mammoths in the middle, that could that could help a lot. And the thing about the thing that Jim Knowles said about, you know, we're about the wins. Right. I mean, I would agree, I would agree with that. But at the same time, if Ohio State has to go out there and win this game, you know, 42 to 35, I, I'd be happy that they beat Notre Dame on the road. But if it's with Sam Hartman still throwing for 385 yards and three or four touchdown passes and he had all day to sit back there and throw, then we would still have something to discuss going forward because Notre Dame is. This is a it's a great game coming up. This would be a great win, and it's one that you can you know build a college football playoff resume on. But it's also just game four, and if you win this game, you'd probably be thinking that you'd be seeing somebody better than them on the path to trying to win a national championship. And you still got to go on the road to play Michigan. You still got to go on the road to play Wisconsin, who, who Notre Dame is clearly better than right now. Don't get me wrong, and Penn State. So. If that's the way it went, and if you win this game and it turns into be an offensive shootout when we are starting to think that this Ohio State defense is much, much better and we revert back to maybe some of those blemishes we saw last year where a quarterback's able to just sling it all over that defense, 
it would be at least a minor problem, even in a win. But I mean, I, I will happily take the W and then go forward and continue to figure some of those things out if they're going to persist. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Ryan Day touched on that yesterday, uh, on Tuesday when we spoke with him. This is one of the games you just win. Um, now, obviously, you're going to look and project. We are going to look and project forward of, okay, if, if, it, if they do have some struggles, do you then have to have to worry about down the road at Penn, against Penn State, at Wisconsin, at Michigan, those type of games? Uh, but I think you come out of Notre Dame with a victory, a top 10 victory, uh, you know, A, something's had to work right, right, to, in order to get this win on the road. It's not like you can go right. in there and you don't have C.J. Stroud back there to just try and win you the game like he did against Georgia, even though your defense didn't play well. So I think if you win the game, there's going to be a, a good amount of positives coming out of it. But even if there are some questions, let's flip it offensively. Say the offense doesn't look great. It, you know, Kyle McCord maybe has a rough day in this first tough road atmosphere. They can't get the running game going as much as they'd like, but the defense plays really well and you're able to do enough. You make some field goals, you win the game that way. The talk next week will be, is Ohio State's offense good enough to win a national championship? But that's an offense that's going to grow, right? And, and I think we all have confidence that Ryan Day can get that offense where it needs to be. But you still won the game. You'd rather be working from a place of 4-0 on the season than 3-1 and and trying to figure out a lot of things, right, is, is kind of the way I look at it. Uh, but let's talk about that, that offense and, and kind of going on the road there. How much of a difference do you think it's going to make? Notre Dame's got an experienced quarterback playing at home, an experienced offensive line. Ohio State this year, not the experienced quarterback, not the the veteran offensive line, though there are a couple of them on there. What what impact could that have on this game for you, Tim? Huge. It's a huge impact, and you make a lot of great points too. And I, I do want to buy in, and I, I do want to say before the fact that no matter – if they win, if Ohio State wins this game, I'm not going to care so much in the heat of the moment how it goes. So just if if you want to know like how that post game show is going to sound at the beginning, it's going to be with praise and with credit for going on the road to beat a top ten team that's got some experience, you know. And and, and then after that, we can start to nitpick a little bit like we do and think about how Ohio State's going to go forward. But you're right. Games like this, this this is not Indiana. This is not Youngstown State, Western Kentucky. You win the game. You win the game, and then you move on from there. But as far as the quarterback issue for Ohio State and, you know, the the, the lack of experience for Kyle McCord, well, this is, this is everything that you live for, right? This is everything that you play for. So I'm looking at it in that regard where Kyle McCord won this – quarterback job for a reason this has been years in the making this is everything that he's dreamed for this is everything that he's been practicing everything that he's been playing for I would think that his teammates all of his guys this week are trying to instill in him some more confidence maybe a few more attaboys when he really throws one on a frozen rope in practice or if he hits a mecca in stride or hits Marvin Harrison Jr. with a nice dot in practice. Those guys are letting him hear about it because he needs to feel confident going into this game because when you talk about guys on Notre Dame's defense too, you know they've got one of the best cor- sophomore cornerbacks in America and Ben Morrison. They've got a really good uh, – they've just got good linebackers across the board, right? Just name any one of those guys. They're, pretty, they're all pretty solid. You know, maybe none of them are quite as good as Tommy Eichenberg or Steel Chambers, but they're all – they're all pretty damn good. And uh, Howard Cross on the defensive line is uh, a great name and a, a guy that you're going to have to pay attention to. But this this is it. I, I can't quite tell you right here on Wednesday what, what's in my gut, how easy this is going to be for Kyle McCord. I, I, can, I can envision a, a three and out or two, you know, as they're settling into this football game because the lights will be bright. This is a big, big stage, and this is not one that Kyle McCord has seen yet in college football. Yeah, it's certainly going to, to be a challenge for this offense. Um, I'm interested to see what the atmosphere is like. I was talking to a, a friend earlier this week who has gone to multiple games at Notre Dame, been at some of the night games. You know, he said it's a pretty crazy atmosphere. He's, he's been to other, you know, he's obviously been to the shoe at night and things like that. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't quite compare to that. Obviously, 
this game, the Georgia game, um, when they get USC and stuff in there, Michigan, when they would play there, it ramps up. But he was like, I don't, I don't think any of these guys, especially the experienced ones will be you know, overwhelmed by this atmosphere, but it's still going to be a, a loud situation for Kyle McCord and the offensive linemen to try and navigate there as they're trying to communicate. Um, I think an interesting, and you sort of touched on it there, an interesting matchup, Ohio State's talented wide receiving group against this Notre Dame secondary. Obviously, it starts with the protection and Kyle McCord getting the ball to these guys. But once they get the ball in their hands, I know that Notre Dame's secondary is good, but I think it's advantage Buckeyes. I would like to see things spread out a bit more. I think Ohio State, after week one, where the the top two receivers and Marvin Emeka didn't get a ton of uh, receptions, I feel like they forced it to them a lot and it works most of the time but like Julian Fleming's gone pretty quiet in terms of catches the last couple weeks Cade Stover came back last week with some big plays but didn't do much two weeks ago I think you're gonna have to use a variety of options in this game because obviously Notre Dame is gonna key on some guys but I think the Buckeyes have a bit of an advantage with some of these receivers against the the, well any secondary but any yeah I would agree with that I mean the wide receivers know where they're going, right? Like you could take the best cornerback in the country and then the best receiver in the country. And I would, I would, I would just give the advantage to the best wide receiver in the country. You know, the, the challenge, the extra bit of that challenge is on that DB who doesn't quite know what route this guy's running unless he's just completely brilliant in film study. And then still it's hard. I mean, you're going up against Marvin Harrison jr. This might be one of the best wide receivers we've seen in 10 years of college football. So this guy is outstanding. I a hundred percent would give the advantage to them, but is, is Kyle McCord going to be comfortable? Is he going to be scanning that field? Is he going to have that extra second to scan that field? We talked about the offensive line. So it's all those not putting the cart ahead of the horse and going back to where it begins up front for Ohio state to be able to get the football down the field to these wide receivers. And that's what becomes really, really frustrating as an Ohio state fan, right? Is to have all these toys is to have all these weapons and then maybe come across a game where you struggle to get the ball in their hands. So if they have to adjust and maybe run some shorter routes or get over the middle a little bit quicker, hit Cade Stover. I there's no, they don't lack anything in that department. I mean, this is a game where, you know, Carnell Tate could wind up, you know, catching a long touchdown pass and showing, you know, college football who he's going to be over the next few years. There's a lot of there's a lot of guys for Ohio State in this wide receiver room. We've known that for a long time and again, that's what's one of the more exciting things about this kind of game is it's the biggest stage, it's one of the biggest games of the college football weekend. Although we've got a ton of great games this yeah, week in college football, which is a lot of fun and that th- this game is a part of that, but I, I can't wait to see how it plays out, Pat. I asked uh, Biddle and Hellwagon this when we did our, our show yesterday, who is maybe one, maybe two, depending on what you think X factor for the Buckeyes for this game in your mind. Let's go with Carnell Tate as one of them, because he, he certainly fits that mold as an X factor kind of guy. And I saw I saw a comment in here, and I, I would I would use it. I, I would. We talked up Sonny Styles so much coming into this year, and there had to be good reason for that. Had to be. We know it. We've seen the guy play. You, you you've seen him even here at the start of 2023. This guy has been in on some big plays, some bone crunching hits, and we heard that he was able to play some more of that deep safety look before they kind of brought him down into that that nickel corner position. But they've been subbing him out against the more pass-happy offenses because they, I mean, I, I get that. Maybe he's not the top guy. Jordan Hancock's been in there. Maybe not the top guy to cover a slot wide receiver. But as Jason suggests, covering a tight end, just being out there, just his presence, his ability to come in and put a big tackle on, on Audric Estime, who is, again, you know, running back that's got almost 550 rushing yards coming into this game so he's a guy that I think of uh you know Carnell Tate on offense Cade Stover maybe this is a that maybe this is a Mayan Williams kind of game we've been talking a lot about Chip Trainum and and Travion Henderson in the run game maybe one of those third backs for Ohio State gets going I'm curious to hear some of yours Pat you got any on the defensive side of the ball yeah I mean we've talked about a few of them already 
Um, I think if, if you're looking for guys that are slightly under the radar, right? Like a Davis and Igbenosin, to me, this could be a let me announce myself to the country type of game. You know, you make a big play, a, an interception that changes momentum type of thing. You know, he's a guy that that I don't think a lot of Buckeye fans knew, even though he had a freshman All-American season last year down at Ole Miss. I don't think a lot of people outside of, of Ohio State and, and people that really follow it know much about him. So, like, we've talked a lot about Denzel Burke, and I think he could lock down his side of the field. So maybe it gives an opportunity to a Davis and Igbenosin, who's been playing a little bit off coverage, I think because of his physicality and the fact that they want him to you know, crash down on these receivers instead of potentially getting penalties. Well, if he can crash down and, and get there in time to pick that ball off or jump on an errant throw, maybe somebody like that. Um, what about like a Cody Simon? Like I agree with you with Sonny Styles. I think he's going to be in the game a lot more so than last week because of what the matchup is. As, as Jason said, he's going to have to help on their tight ends. He's going to have to help in the run game. Um, he's a guy who I could see as well, maybe getting in there a little bit more than we've seen. And then offensively, you mentioned Cade Stover. I think just those that ability to make those 20, 30-yard catches out of nowhere is huge in a game like this. So those are probably the guys. I know you mentioned yeah. a couple of those. but yeah. guys I, w- that- I wonder with the linebackers too, Pat. It's just been Steele and Tommy – all yeah. the time, <laughs> you know, it's tough for Cody Simon and CJ Hicks to get to get looks in there when these two guys are so good. Yeah. One thing I keep saying, I've said it on a couple things this week. They've lined up that train them look in fullback in the fullback, right? Play action, dump to him in the end zone. There's got to be something like that in the playbook that they haven't shown. Right. You got to have something ready for to come off of that, to not just hand it off to Mayan Williams. Right. He's not really a fullback. So yeah. And he can, can block, but I, I have yeah. to think there's a little bit more there. Yeah. All right, Tim, I know you got, you got your stuff to do over at the fan. So thank you for taking time to do this. It's more fun to talk back and forth than it is to talk by myself and you bring more insight than I ever bring. So I appreciate your time. Oh, I don't know about that, but this is going to be a fun week, fun few days building up to it. We got all day Saturday to do whatever we do around the house or get the garage going. It's going to be fun. Go box. Yes. Yep. Should be a good one. Thanks again, Tim. All right. That was Timmy Hall from the Buckeye show on 97.1. The fan. Uh, you can listen to Tim every night on the Buckeye show. And uh, once a week, I make my appearance on there. 630 ish on Thursdays uh, for beers and Buckeyes. New time Thursday night, not Friday night. Thanks to Tim for coming on. In just a few minutes, we're going to have Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated, the 247 Sports uh, Notre Dame site. He's going to jump on here to talk about the Notre Dame side of things. We had Tim on recently to kind of give us a a preview of Notre Dame heading into the season, but now he's had a few weeks to see this team in action, so he'll be able to give more insight. I'm really interested in this game. I mentioned it before, but the atmosphere for this game, there's a thread right now going on on the Bucknuts on the front row. Uh, about what the attendance is going to be like for Ohio State fans at this game. People were debating back and forth, you know, what percentage of the fan base will be Ohio State fans. I know Notre Dame has made a very conscientious effort to try and limit the the takeover factor. Uh, Buckeye Nation obviously travels very well. So I will be, I'm going to be very interested to see what it looks like inside the stadium. I was reading something today that said they're going to spread out Ohio state fans a little bit more instead of having one section moving them across multiple sections. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what this stadium looks like. I've never been to Notre Dame stadium, so I'm pretty excited to to head to South Bend on Friday and kind of take it all in, but let's get into it. Tim, how you doing, man? Good. How are you, Patrick? Good. I feel like we just talked like a couple weeks ago. (laughs) We did. Exactly. We got to get these transfer portal summer conversations and all the previews in it's it's year round now. We're good. Thank God for the transfer portal for Notre Dame, by the way. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, let's just start there. We talked about it when you came on a few weeks ago. That was you were just about to leave for for Ireland. Well, let's start with that. How was that Ireland trip, first of all? Yeah, it was fun. I got great advice. Uh, we flew out Wednesday. I've been there twice now. I've been to Dublin twice, and I still have to go to Ireland, as the joke goes, because apparently it's a lot different to uh, go see the countryside. But we flew out Wednesday night. We're a little delayed. So when I landed Thursday morning, I was given the advice, do not go to bed under any circumstances. So on hour number 36, we had an Irish Illustrated whiskey tasting at a pub. Nice. 
by hour 38, I was ready for bed, but that, that really helped out a lot. So I, uh, I had a good time out there. Good, good. All right. You've gotten to see Sam Hartman play. When we talked last time, you'd seen him in fall camp. You'd seen him in the off season. The biggest difference he's made to this offense this year. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's been fantastic. It's, you know, last year, Notre Dame had Tyler Buckner, who was learning the position, Drew Pine, who is just a, a guy that should be a backup at the power five level for Notre Dame or, or for Ohio state or other teams like that. He should not be a 10 game starter. So watching Hartman operate has been great for Notre Dame fans. He's really only played one defense that could kind of get in his way. Uh, NC, NC state's a quality defense. They don't have a quality offense, but NC state's a good defense and Notre Dame had to adjust to what NC state did early there was a lot of three and outs. I don't think I've ever seen a football game where a team scored six offensive touchdowns and the other six possessions were three and outs. <laughs> Just the strangest thing you'll see. And obviously that means there's some growth still in terms of managing the game, second and third down. I don't think it's Hartman. I think it's everywhere else in the offense. But he has been fantastic in terms of, I mean, statistically, he's 13 touchdowns, zero picks, uh, two rushing touchdowns, one fumble. So he has been great offensively. Uh, he's the key. And the reason most Notre Dame fans think, if not now, when? Because Sam Hartman is an advantage at quarterback that Notre Dame doesn't have when they play teams like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson. All the teams that beat Notre Dame in the playoff settings or in the big game settings have a better quarterback than Notre Dame. And right now, Sam Hartman gives Notre Dame a chance, I think. Yeah, certainly seems like it from what I've seen. Um, he's a guy I'd watched at Wake Forest a little bit, but wasn't overly familiar watching it was, it was wake forest right yeah exactly <laughs> didn't get into it as much yeah yeah so i was interested to see just how it would change things obviously like you said he was an upgrade over what they had how big of an upgrade seems to be quite a bit in yeah. my eyes um now i know that this passing attack is dictated somewhat with play action which means you got to get the run game going right yes um, i was writing about it today looking at notre dame's offensive line obviously what what estime has done it's taken a big step how how have you seen that progress over what Estime did last year? What was he a sophomore last year, junior this year? He was yeah, he was a sophomore last year. Didn't really play as a freshman. He split time last year. He really split time too. It was about forty eight percent with Logan Diggs, who was his classmate. Diggs transferred to LSU with Brian Kelly. Uh, Estime was the better player, but he fumbled three times last year in a three week span, and that gave Diggs some more playing time. Obviously, and one of them was actually in the, in the maddening loss to Stanford. Estime's fumble cost them. So I think that may have resulted in him being 1B. He was going to be 1A coming in anyway. The interesting thing for me is Notre Dame has five running backs, and the whole fall camp was five-headed monster, the stable, the five horsemen, what do you want to call them? It really is the Audric Estime show right yeah. now. Uh, Jeremiah Love, a freshman, is going to be very good. Jadarian Price, a redshirt freshman, I think we talked about him in the summer. He looked better than Audric Estime last summer. So we're talking about 14 months ago, but then he ruptured his Achilles. So he's working his way back. It is the estimate show and it will be against Ohio state. I think that they will play the other guys. They, they will get them in, but even against central Michigan, because it was, I mean, they were never really up by more than three touchdowns against central Michigan. It, it was still, they were relying on estimate a little bit. And I think they will against Ohio state. I think Notre Dame's five running backs makes it's a huge value add for 12 games. I don't think it matters that much against Ohio state. It's going to be estimate. You're going to see two tight ends estimate and uh, a receiving core that has to grow with Sam Hartman, which I'm sure is coming up as one of your questions. Cause everybody asked that question about Notre Dame's wide receivers. You were reading my mind. Um, <laughs> I was looking here, counting real quick, just if, if I can count correctly and I don't always do that. It looks like five receivers over a hundred yards already this season. Uh, I can't count how many guys have caught touchdowns because there's quite a few here, seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. He spreads it out. He says, yeah. So these aren't guys that are household names in the no. sense of like Marvin Harrison jr. But, but what should Buckeye fans know about this group of receivers? Well, they're not anywhere near the sense of Marvin Harrison jr. But so Notre Dame has a red shirt, sophomore, a true sophomore, two true freshmen. And then Chris Tyree is a converted running back this yeah. off season to wide receiver. He's a senior. He's probably their fastest player. He's been a pleasant surprise for me because a lot of Notre Dame fans thought, oh, Chris Tyree moving to slot. He'll be like Theo Riddick. That's a rare thing where you become that player. But Chris Tyree has made one big play in every game this year. If he makes one big play against Ohio State and USC and Clemson and Duke, that's a great season for him for Notre Dame. But he is not a go-to, let's move the chains guy. So right now, Jaden Thomas, the redshirt sophomore, number 83, he will play the most against Ohio State because he's a solid player and a great blocker, and Notre Dame wants to run the ball. 
Tobias Merriweather is the fan favorite. He's the one wide receiver. He wears number five for Ohio State fans. He's the one guy when you, if you're at the game or on TV, you look down, you think, that guy could walk in the Ohio State room and go play Ohio State, play wide receiver there. He looks like the future NFL body type, but he's not there yet. He had a 75-yard touchdown last week. It, I mean, the, the, the corner gambled. It, it was a 75-yard touchdown he needed to score. He's a fast player. The two freshmen are interesting. Jaden Greathouse, uh, he's Westlake High School state championship team with Cade Klubnick, Clemson's quarterback. So the two of them are together. Greathouse is the best future wide receiver on this team. He's number 19. He will be the best, most productive college receiver when all their careers end is Jaden Greathouse. Now, is he there yet? Not quite, of course. Uh, Rico Flores actually gets more time as a freshman, number 17 from, from California. One of those two guys has to become, if not a household name, if Notre Dame's going to beat Ohio State, you have to have Ohio State fans say, ah, that guy got us. One of those two freshmen, which is a lot to ask, really. Um, but the next most productive player after Thomas is number 13, Holden Stays, who is a redshirt freshman tight end. He has four touchdowns the last three games. People are always saying, well, who's the next Michael Mayer? Holden Stays is not the next Michael Mayer, but can he be the next Tommy Tremble or someone along those lines for Notre Dame? He is a... When we saw him last year and he barely played because they had Michael Mayer, he was more receiver than tight end. Now he is actually like a receiving threat at tight end and he gets a lot of playing time. So they spread it around because they have to, they have capable receivers. They do not have, this guy's going to get us for 10 catches, 175 yards and three touchdowns though, that it is Sam Hartman has to move the ball around to Notre Dame's receivers and tight ends. Well, let's stick on receivers, but flip it to the other side of the ball. You've, we mentioned the, you know, Ohio State fans know the name. I assume Notre Dame fans know the names for Ohio State's receivers. What do you see in this matchup? I know Notre Dame has some talented cornerbacks. How, how do you see this working out? So this is the most intriguing matchup of the year for me because we all left training camp. And I think I told you this and said Notre Dame's corners are the best position group on the team. And no one's ever said that about Notre Dame ever at any point in 120 years of football that Notre Dame's cornerbacks are the best position group. Benjamin Morrison, the sophomore, six picks last year as a true freshman. Cam Hart is a captain, fifth-year senior. And then they have quality backups that can come help against this deep Ohio State receiving core. I asked Cam Hart yesterday, and I'm glad he answered because it was a tremendous answer. I said, what makes 18 so hard to guard? Because he was getting questions about how good Ohio State is, and I think he was getting sick of it. He gave a very thoughtful answer. He said, you know what it is? We all know about his traits, his intangibles, his speed. He runs routes that look the exact same no matter what the route is. Hart said, sometimes I look at a guy and I know what he's doing in two steps because he's a fifth-year senior, four-year starter. He said, you do not know what this guy's doing when he's running routes. And that is actually what Brian Kelly said about Devontae Smith before the playoff game when Alabama killed Notre Dame. Now, Devontae Smith was way better than Notre Dame's corners in that game. And and Marvin Harrison's a great player. But I I found it really interesting because that was the one thing Kelly said. It's like, if you can't define why a guy's so good, it's because you don't watch film. You cannot figure out what Marvin Harrison is doing, is what Cam Hart said. And now you had the speed and the ability there, and that makes him so hard to guard. So I am looking forward to this matchup. Uh, you know, you can't ever favor a college cornerback crew against Ohio State's wide receivers. That's kind of ridiculous. But at least for Notre Dame fans, it's not C.J. Stroud throwing to them, where you have, you know that eventually they're going to get him. Uh, I think the key here is if Notre Dame can be better than the passing game of Ohio state. Cause they're not better than the wide receivers of Ohio state. What about beyond Marvin? What, what do they put on a guy like a Mecca Buka? Yeah. You know, how do you defend Kate Stover, Julian, Fl- you know, what's beyond that, that initial. Group? I think, I think Notre Dame has to go. They, they are nickel base. Thomas Harper is a grad transfer from Oklahoma state, which is interesting because Jim Knowles coached him at Oklahoma state in 2021 as his nickel. Um, I think it's a much better matchup to have him in there. He's a rugged, he's a rugged corner anyway, safety corner playing nickel. They have to use that in this matchup. Um, I don't think Morrison and Hart, they Morrison plays boundary and Hart, the fifth year senior plays to the field. I think they trust them both enough where they're just going to play boundary and field, no matter who lines up there. Like people keep saying, who's going to guard Harrison. I think the guy that guards Harrison is the guy where Harrison lines up. Notre Dame's going to play their defense against them. Um, which is good because if you have to follow Harrison, you'll get killed by the other Ohio State receivers and tight ends. Stover's a guy that I think could be an issue against Notre Dame's linebackers. Jack Kaiser's a really good athlete, but I mentioned Harper. When Harper comes on, Kaiser comes off. It's kind of a catch-22 because Kaiser is Notre Dame's best cover linebacker, best athlete. Like when he goes to the combine, he's going to run well. He's going to jump well. He's going to have all those things. 
but he kind of comes off as the strong side rover linebacker for the nickel. Um, J.D. Bertrand is a rugged tackler. They need him. They desperately need him to play well against Ohio State, but you can get J.D. Bertrand in space for sure. Uh, Maris Leofau is a guy that is probably Murray's most improved player from last year. He's the other linebacker. It's an interesting dynamic. They have three graduate starting linebackers because, like, when you think of Eichenberg and Steel Chambers, those guys can run everything. Notre Dame has three guys that can run everything out there. But I think Notre Dame has to go more nickel against Ohio State, which automatically compromises you a little against that three-headed monster running game and Ohio State's offensive line. I mentioned this on a show earlier uh, with Steve. In the game last year where Notre Dame played so well defensively, like you, you came away from that saying, wow, they, that's a good defense that Ohio State just faced. They did play well. Ohio State ran the ball 16 times on first down. 14 of them were efficient runs which means four yards, five yards, six yards, four yards. But there, there were no 20-yard runs. Of course, that's that's how that game went. But if Ohio State does that this year, that is going to help McCord so much to be in second and six and second and five and second and four. They need him to be in the third and nines that C.J. Stroud could beat that maybe he cannot beat. Makes sense. You mentioned, if you, as you bring us to the run game, I think it's going to be on, on either side. That's going to be the key yeah, is yeah. shutting that down. Um How's Notre Dame been against the run? I know they haven't played anything yeah. elite, but what what do you kind of expect from them in a in a more even matchup? Yeah, I wish I could tell you because NC State does not have an offense. NC State has a very good defense. Like Notre Dame fans were mad that that game was only 45-21. NC State has a has a good Ohio State's defense is better, but NC State has a quality defense with some defensive linemen out there and some corners. They do not have much on offense, so this is a this is a big jump for Notre Dame's defense going to the Ohio State game. Um, I think that the defensive line has played well. Like Notre Dame fans were mad that Central Michigan ran the ball pretty well. They had 4.8 yards sack-adjusted carries in that game. They also had 0.6 yards per carry in the third and fourth quarter. So how well, I mean, how well did they do? Like they, they had some good moments in the game. I do think that Ohio State's offensive line, it's a bigger offensive line. I know they're not playing to their peak right now. I think the concern if you're a Notre Dame fan is that that front five and the and and tight ends can kind of wash out the defensive line of Notre Dame a little bit, a little undersized compared to other ones you see out there where you have efficient runs. I'm not saying like Ohio State's going to run for 250 yards because of this, but that they become an efficient running team that keeps them ahead of the chains. I think that is a poor recipe for a Notre Dame win. You have to get an Ohio State behind the chains a little bit with a, with a young quarterback. You have to win somewhere, so you have to win against McCord is how I look at this matchup. You're, you're not going to go out there and win consistently against Marvin Harrison in the passing game. It's just, it's just not going to work that way. So that's the biggest matchup for me. Can Notre Dame's solid defensive line, and they rotate eight. Uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, by the way, has been playing well. The last time we spoke, yeah. I had never even seen him play a scrimmage. It basically, he was sitting out all the time. He is, he is, he's had a very good beginning to his season. They will rotate eight or nine guys up front. I think that is crucial to this outcome. Uh, can they hold up? And they almost have to win. The defensive line has to win because you, as good as the corners are, you can't win overall against these receivers. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, last thing, and I'll get you out of here. The, the the atmosphere for fans to expect, and maybe, um, and I know there's been a big talk. I was reading an article today about how Notre Dame's trying to limit Ohio State fans. Um, I know that, that there's a thread on our board about how, how many Ohio state fans will be there, but just what you expected the atmosphere in South bend. Maybe if there's a place Ohio state fans should go before games that are making the trip, anything people should know about this. Uh, if they're heading to South bend. Yeah. You're going to get a great atmosphere because here's the problem for Notre Dame is even when they've been good recently, they did not like the head coach and the program that much in Brian Kelly, you are going to get a phenomenal. Wonder why you're going to, yeah, exactly. You're going to get a phenomenal atmosphere for this game. It is going to be nuts. People remember that, Georgia in 2017 took over the stadium. Now that was coming off of a four and eight Notre Dame team and Georgia had never been to Notre Dame. So that was a pretty big deal. Cincinnati had never been to Notre Dame. Cincinnati kind of took over the stadium. That was low key because you didn't even think about Cincinnati. I mean, they went to the playoff, but was that really that big of a deal for Notre Dame in week five Cincinnati? They, you know, they were underdogs, but no one felt that way. They lost. Cincinnati took over the stadium. Of course, years ago, people might remember Nebraska number one took over the stadium. That was also their first pilgrimage. Ohio State hasn't been here in, since 1996, so it kind of feels like their first one. It's not, but for many fans, it is. 
it it'll be harder for Ohio State to get tickets than it would have been two years ago. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they Notre Dame has a lot planned for this home game. It is the marquee game of the year, even though Caleb Williams comes in uh, one month later and probably undefeated USC. This is the one. Uh, it, it's going to be a great atmosphere for Ohio State fans that get in. Notre Dame fans are notoriously nice. I could see them being less nice. This is almost like a Michigan situation. Michigan 2018 was the season opener. It's the only time I remember since I was a kid in 1988 and Notre Dame fans just hated Miami with the burning passion of 10 Michigan Ohio State games. <laughs> Uh, the Notre Dame-Michigan game in 18 had some vitriol in those stands. like, But that, you got to remember, like the Michigan fans live across the border. Notre Dame is on the border. And there, there's something going on there. I feel like Ohio State fans and Notre Dame fans, for playing rarely, have a weird rivalry. And I, I think it might be involved this time around. Um, if you're coming to Notre Dame as an Ohio State fan, there's a lot new stuff around campus if you were here before. Um, Eddy Street Commons is like 100 yards away, and there's bars there to go to. They'll be packed. But uh, – there's enough around campus now where the, the vibe on Thursday night and Friday is going to be great in South Bend. I remember I took an RV to Columbus last year. We got there Thursday. It was fantastic going out in Columbus for that game. And I think it's going to match it this year. This is, this is, this is Notre Dame's biggest home game. This is Notre Dame's biggest game of the year, uh, which is crazy to say because Clemson's the rival recently and USC is of course their biggest rival and USC is great right now. Um, it's going to be a fun atmosphere, man. This is going to, this is going to be a little different, I think than, uh, that Notre Dame usually has for the rivalry games. Just want to clarify something real quick. You said you think USC is coming undefeated. Does that mean you're a Deion Sanders hater and you don't believe no, in the fan, So Deion Sanders delivered a Super Bowl. So I have no problem with Deion, but I do think that uh, I'd like to see Deion beat Oregon and USC beat Deion. Cause I need, uh, I think Notre Dame media needs USC to be undefeated for that game as well. And okay. they probably need Notre Dame to be undefeated also, but that would be a, uh, the Caleb Williams hate is real around South Bend after last year. I can I can tell you that. That's he does not sit well with Notre Dame fans. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, well, I'll say this: if any Notre Dame fans do watch this, I talked to him a little bit when we were at the Heisman Trophy. He's a really nice kid. I mean, no, he seems like it. I think it was the fingernails and the uh, yeah. touchdowns, the hundred touchdowns he scored was a problem for Notre yeah. Dame fans in that game. But that was yep. understandably. Uh, well, Tim, thank you very much. I know you've you've been requested a couple times this week. Um, we'll have our, our story with Tim answering some more questions later on this week for, for Bucknuts readers. Tim, thanks again. And I, I look forward to this this weekend. This should be fun. Thank you. I'm glad you did not ask for a prediction because it's Wednesday, Ohio State week. And this is not like Duke. This is a guy. I, I am having trouble with this prediction. It's I, yeah. I'm go, I think I'm going to go under, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah. I, I've been back and forth quite a bit. I still have no. I got asked on a podcast on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, like, I don't. I, yeah, a, I'm not ready for that yet. So. No, I All wouldn't right, do that to you. All right. We'll talk to you this weekend. Thanks again. All right, we'll see you. All right. Thanks again for Tim. Busy week. He was on a podcast with Steve Hellwagon, one of my coworkers earlier today. He's done a lot of good stuff to help us out this week. So appreciate everything from him. Okay. We're going to end this one with the segment I started a couple weeks ago. Uh, what you'll be reading. Basically, if you've missed the last couple shows, the idea of this is the the headline you'll be reading on Sunday morning coming out of this Ohio State Notre Dame game. Um, first of all, I want to say, I think however this game goes, there's going to be overreaction. And I think it's important to remember if Ohio State loses this game. You know, yes, there's going to be concerns. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Um, but the season isn't over. They still have a chance. If you go win the Big Ten, um, and now, obviously, you'll probably have to get better in doing so to do so. But if you go win the Big Ten, you're probably still going to college football playoff and, and everything's in front of you, i.e. 2014 Virginia Tech. You go on and you get better and whatnot. And you, everyone knows what happens there. Um, on the flip side, if Ohio State wins this game, uh, you know, we saw what happened after last year. Ohio State beats Notre Dame. Everything looks good coming out of week one. Now, obviously, Notre Dame went on to lose to Marshall and had a pretty disappointing season from where they started but one game does not a season make I guess is what I'm saying so um, without uh, without giving too much away in terms of where we're going prediction wise and stay tuned end of the week we'll have those predictions on Bucknuts for our whole staff but um, I think you'll read something along the lines of Buckeyes quiet concerns Fill in your blank right there. Whatever your biggest concern is going in there, 
I think even in a loss, I don't feel like this Ohio State team is going to just look bad. Uh, Now, that doesn't mean you'll feel good about it coming out of Sunday, but I do think, okay, this offensive line has made progress. I think they can go in there. You heard Tim talking about Notre Dame's defensive line has to be at its best because it's not this elite group. Um, I think you will see quarterback play look like another week, another progression for Kyle McCord. I think this defense is going to play well enough. Um, you know, again, I'm not saying Ohio State's going to win yet. I'm not saying Ohio State's going to lose yet. But I think you'll read something along the lines, headlines of you, you know, Ohio State, you know, rests concerns on or puts concerns bet on whatever your top concern is. I think this, even if the Buckeyes lose this game, they, they will do some things that people say, okay, you know, this is still a team that can make a run in the Big Ten and still get to the college football playoff if you clean up a couple things here or there. I don't think this is going to be um, any sort of devastating loss if it is that side. And if they win, obviously, you know, the things that you need to see will continue to get better, will have gotten better. And I think Buckeye fans will be pretty, pretty pleased. As I said before, I'm really looking forward to this game. Not only the chance to go to Notre Dame, go to South Bend, a place I've never been before, and uh, you know, take all that in, cover a game like this, which is always an incredible part of this job. But I also think it's going to be a really good game. I, I really do. I think, you know, I think that's why it's so tough to to kind of pick which way you want to go with it or what you want the score to be, uh, because I do think both of these teams have a lot of talent. You know, obviously Ohio State. If you look at the two four seven Sports talent composite. Uh, they are the more talented team, but that doesn't always play out on the field, right? And Notre Dame has a lot of experience, especially at some key positions. So I think it's going to be a really fun one Saturday night. Um, I hope for those of you who are getting a chance to go to this game, you have a great time. For those of you who are watching at home or, or wherever, I hope you really enjoy it. Take it in. We don't get these games that often. You know, you do get Ohio State, Michigan, you do get Ohio State, Penn State, uh, but Ohio State, Notre Dame, something on these campuses doesn't happen all the time. Maybe we'll see it more with the new college football playoff format. We'll see, but I think it's going to be fun. Hope everyone enjoys it. And uh, if it's your thing, have a couple beverages for this game. Cheers, Buckeye fans. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.